I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. of After the Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Peter, joined this week by the usual duo, Tom and Gunnar. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good, Peter. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Tom. How are you, Gunnar? Doing very well. Thank you. Yeah. See, I went, let Tom go first this time so he couldn't steal his line. <laughs> so, we'll start with the league. Right, so our league is still open. If you go into the app, you can scroll down to the leagues and down the bottom you'll see Happy Our Fantasy Podcast. Enjoy the league. I'm pretty sure it's open till the end of August unless the app's changed the way they do it, but I think it's open. Good luck with them. Did I? No, no, no. Probably. If you say it, that's the way it is, then that's yeah, okay. the way it is. Also, the FPL League is live. So if you want to join the FPL League, take us on there. It is 6, lowercase g, 669, lowercase i. And I believe last year, well, I know for last year, we all finished the top 400k. I was 67k. Tom, what were you? Um, 40-something k last year. And good luck with you. Top 1K. There we go. See, you want some insight and analysis. There we go. The three boys help you out. Right. The cup was this week. John Guffrey Cup. I don't forgot the name there. How did you go on? M2 is playing, obviously, first. The scores are on my Twitter page. Retweet again before again. And the second leg is this week. How did you go on, Gunnar? Well, I would say my uh, the score, The so I, I had around like 90 points and it was 30 point difference, I think, against uh, Toynton. Um, don't want to be too. Don't want to be getting ca- too carried away, but I think a thirty-point different is gonna be get hard carried, to turn. Get carried away. Get carried <laughs> away. Go. You put it true. The set- true to the next round as well. Put it the youth's the setting leg. Sorry. Put it the youth's the setting leg because you're ready for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing all my red flags and <laughs> let the chips fall when they may. How about you, Tom? How'd you get on? Yeah, ninety points this week. I think my opponent got. 60 something, so 20 odd point difference. So, I would say you are pretty safe. Um, 13 points clear, I think, of or 60 points clear, FPL Panda. So, tight one on, still need to make sure I make the right transfers and moves, but a nice league in there. So, first, I will get into our top three league, and it is Nidam Nori, 101 points first week. That's Richard Salmon. Bayer always losing, Daniel Cook. Also 101 points. I went to check. None of the triple captain to have in case we're doing the cheat code straight away. And third was the fashion show, John Woodhouse, 98 points. So three really high scores to start off with. And I noticed a couple of familiar names in there straight away. I sort of knew Crystal Bristol and Conquering Lines, Robbie Dempsey. I believe they were top two or three in our league last year. Straight away for the first week, seventh and eighth up the top. So they guys also know what they're doing. So let's go through our scores for the week then. Gunnar, I'll start with you. Die score, I believe. 93 points overall. Um, I had Tavernier captain for 30 points. Bassi for eight. McGinn got me nothing. Ramsey, 11 points. McGrath, eight points. Vice captain Boyle for 12. Ferguson, six points. Nisbet, five. Sakala, two. And boys, another five points. Okay, Tom, you? I had 90 points. Uh, Clark and goals got me six. Captain Tav thirty. Belogan got me seven. McGinn got me nothing. Ramsey eleven. Midfield vice captain was Boyle with twelve points. Charlie Adam just the one. Ferguson six. Gary Mackay Stevens ten. Up front I had Nisbet for five, and Sakala two. I missed out on five points on the bench from Curtis Main and six points on the bench from McCart. Okay, I had 83 points, pretty similar back line here. I had Clark as well for six. Mackenzie and Ramsey, six and 11. Bassey, eight points. Captain Tav, 30. I had actually minus one for Hanlon. In midfield, Boyle, seven. Ferguson, six. McGregor, three, which I thought was four until he lost a point overnight. Nisbet, five. Sakala, two. It was my only disappointment. Jumped on that ship, didn't really work out. 
and I left four points in the bench for Henderson, but that was it. So, let's go to the results and then fix this one up over to you, Tom. So, the results in the league this week were Rangers 3, Lonnieson 0, Dundee 2, St Myrne 2, Ross County St Johnson 0-0, Hearts 2, Celtic 1, Aberdeen 2, Dundee 0, Motherwell 2, Hibs 3, and coming up this week, there are six games again. Dundee United Rangers half 12 kickoffs. So, again, we'll get the early team news for that. St Myrne, Hearts, Celtic Dundee, Hibs Ross County, Livingston Aberdeen, and St Johnson in Motherwell. So, Tom, over to you for Tom time. Tom time. So, I think we're going to discuss um, having now worked our way through the first game week, are we thinking about changing? Our sort of team dynamic, are we thinking about moving funds? Have you got a lot of money up front and you're thinking about moving it into defence or vice versa? So I thought I'd look, have a little look at the stats and see if we could uh, derive anything from that. Now, I want to just say before I start, one game week is a really, really small sample size. It's not really big enough to kind of get a big picture. It really is just the, the story so far in, in this situation. But um, I've kind of broke it down. I've looked at the top 20 scorers for game week one, and I've broke it down in a position. So within the top 20 scorers, we had one, which was a goalkeeper, nine were defenders, five were midfielders, and four were forwards. So immediately we can see a lot of the big scores were in defence. Um, and also kind of broke it down and looked at bonus points as well to see where the bonus points were distributed. Um, so two... Goalkeepers got bonus, six defenders got bonus, five mids and five forwards. So fairly evenly spread amongst the positions there, but I was apart from goalkeeper, but we're not really too fussed about that. Um, and then looking really at the price of the different positions, uh, top five scoring defenders, four out of five of those were three million or less. So there's some cheap options there. Um, in the top five scoring midfielders, all of them were kind of ranged between 3.4 to 4.7. So no guys with kind of big, big price tags like um, Boyle or Christie, Forrest, those types. Um, the top five strikers were all priced between 4.2 and 5.7. So 5.7 is kind of getting mid to top range there, but we did have a good few cheapies. Um, Van Veen got eight points. Jason Cummins got seven. Ramirez was actually the top striker with nine. Um, and for, for myself, really, just kind of my own sort of, um, sort of takings from these stats is in terms of strikers, the, the kind of high price tag strikers like Nisbet and uh, Ramirez and Boyle, they don't really have to start scoring. Well, obviously, Marita, Ramirez is already scoring. They don't just have to start scoring. They have to outscore the cheap options um, because if these cheap options are consistently returning points and they're in amongst the bonus, then why would we pay over the odds for um, a position that's actually doing quite well? As I said, there's a small sample size and there's another factor, uh, other few factors that we need to um, account for as well. A lot of teams have had varied pre-seasons, so some have only maybe played two or three games, where others have played in the, the League Cup and had pre-season friendlies, so uh, more teams will be prepared than others. Um, a lot of teams... I've had a large turnover. We talked about um, Graham Alexander, 16 players out the door. Um, whereas, you know, teams like Rangers, um, St. Johnston, they've managed to, to retain a lot of their kind of core players from, from last season. And in, in some cases, even build upon their squads. Um, some teams have had a new manager come in and maybe that's indicated a change of style of play and it'll take players time to adapt to that as well. And obviously we've had a couple of teams that have stepped up from the championship. So they'll have... Um, they'll have to adjust to the, to the league as well. So I don't know what you guys think, given, given the stats presented there. Have you any takeaways that I've maybe not picked up on? First thing that popped at me straight away is the defenders again. We said last year the Scottish game was going to be like, it was all built big at the back. Mm -hmm. And straight away you said nine, I think. Was it nine you said straight away? So many? Nine out of the top 20 were, nine out of the top 20 were defenders. And it's letting you think it's going to be big at the back again. Because if you can get a clean sheet, and be a, a attacking fullback, Tavernier, Ramsey, uh, who can keep a clean sheet, go up the and get an assist, then it's pretty much what you're looking for, isn't it? That's going to be the, I feel, the way forward again, unless the game kind of changes, the players kind of change the game. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
good on anything that I've maybe not picked up on. Or no, I agree. You also said add. you also said uh, it was six defenders, I think, who who were in the bonus points. Um, and then you touched on the team structure. I think so. From for like for my team had like two. I would say like higher priced strikers and like Nisbet and Boys, and then I had a budget striker in there. But Cummins, you, you mentioned Van Veen as well. I think with the the thing with with these strikers is like we've seen them score goals now in, in in game week one, but the price they come out, we've seen it last season as well. These these players can be a bit streaky, and they 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 can go on a purple patch patch where they where they have two or three really good games, but then they might go on a wee run as well where they then like stop scoring for a bit. Um, we've seen it with like players like Kabamba, for example, last season. And um, I would say, like team structure wise, I had my team. I, I, like I had something worked out, and I was really happy with it too. Like higher price strikers, one budget, and then we got the Rangers team news, and now I'm sitting there with Nisbet and two strikers who are five point, uh, no, five million and five point seven million. I've I've took funds out of the defense. I'm sitting there with Bassi now, two point eight million instead of before. I had Goldson or Barisic uh, over five million. So. It was good for game week one, but I think in the long run, I'm going to have to like switch that back and w- wiggle that around a little bit, get someone like Cummins back into the team as a striker, as a lower price striker, or someone like Curtis Main maybe, and uh, get a bit more money back into the de- into the defence. She just saw that good out of defence. She's long range are still in Europe and playing midweek, and mm. that'll be the next three game weeks, I believe. So there's still a happy chance of rotation. I mean, if Barisic's not up to speed yet, Bassi might still play in the game. You're going to get the. You're going to see it this week. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Roof is suspended from Europe, so I think Roof might come in for the next couple of Rangers games because he can't play in Europe anyway, and keep Sakala and it and fresh. Even though don't get any more particularly great shakes last night, but there's DB things there. Rangers midfield. I don't know if, if it is it the place to be, but they don't really have the goals. It's still Tavernier and Barisic right now. It's only one game week into it. Up front, I agree with you 100%. I think it's going to be Nisbet's the one, I think. And then you try to get a couple of cheapies nearby him and hopefully you jump on the streak at the right time. But guys like Boyce and Maine and... I like Who's one? Brophy. I like to bring up Brophy. It's my, my boy in it. And Jet. And guys like that. I mean, they can still score in a random game. It's a, I don't mm-hmm. see the MD outscoring MD by like loads of goals unless you play for Celtic at Rangers. Yep. Yeah, you Tom? Yep, that's that's me. That's what. Right. So, see what you said. The topics then, right? So the team structure, just pushing the money, and starting eleven. Did you did you still think then? Still, if you use this bench trick, we're still best going for four four two. So you're covering every position. I'd say so. I mean, really week to week, it it depends on the fixtures. I think you got to kind of sum up the fixtures, see who's playing who, and then take it from there. Um, because if you leave yourself with five at the back, you've nobody to come off the bench, and then if somebody has a disaster, then you've you've got the points in the bank, you can't get rid of them, or no points in the bank, you can't get rid of them. If you exactly. still stick with a four-four-two, regardless. Well, I always go for a on the weekend before. I always kind of provisionally set up my my bus team, and I'm looking at it just now, and I'm currently on a four-four-two, so I'd stick with that for now. Do you only found out that bus team a term meant last week? Is it case oh, you really? got with a bus? <laughs> I had no idea what that meant. I was wondering what that meant. There you go. Right, so we'll move on to our questions in. Slash topic, I think it's come covered. Are you ready for the questions? Yeah, we can go for that. Right. Okay, okay. In fact, no, the questions will be next. I'll do the other bit first. Sorry, we'll do that first. Right, so this week coming ahead then, I want to know about your, about your transfer plans, if any. Your captain plans... And your vice captain plans, and I'll start with you, Gunnar. I think my transfer plans, the now are I'm going to bank a transfer, but it's also very dependent on the Rangers lineup. The, the good thing is that we're going to see the lineup, but say if Bassi isn't playing and Sakala isn't playing either, then I'm going to do mm-hmm. something. But because we get the lineup, and if they're both playing, uh, I'll bank the transfer just to have a bit more wiggle room then next week, and maybe, like I said, like fix this kind of like team structure hole that I put myself in. Um, 
like I had Hanlon for a for a good amount of drafts as well, and then just because I had this the, the money available now, I upgraded to McGinn. I don't know if if I have to fix something there, maybe. Um, but for now, the plan is to bank and wait for the Rangers lineup. Captain, Captain Tavernier, and uh, vice captain. I've got on Boyle against Ross County at home. He's got a penalty in the in the last game. Um, same again, please. Hey, I'll go next. A bit similar to you. I'm also thinking this wrong next week, so I can see more data, more eye test, and maybe take a move then. Again, it's re- re- reliant on Rangers team. I've got Bassey and Sakala as well, and if I see that team use early and they're both not playing, and if one's not playing, I think I can cope, move the bench about and handle that. But if two's not playing, then it's a slim of quite threadbare because. I really want to bring in Furuhashi, I think. We'll get to that later. But that's the pain of the Rangers team news. And I'm also Captain Tav and Vice-Captain is currently on Boyle. But if, if Bassey's playing, I might put it on Bassey. Clean, clean sheet left that side. What about you, Tom? Transfers, yeah. Captains, Vice-Captains. I'm currently on Captain Tav and Vice-Boyle as well. Um, I think it all boils down to the early Rangers team news. Again, I've got Sakala and I've got Belogan, so I don't know if those two guys are going to start. If Sakala doesn't start, I'd imagine I'll probably get rid of him and I'll probably get in a cheapo like uh, Van Veen or Cummins uh, because I don't know if Belogan's going to start in the long term. I know he didn't start through the week. Someone pointed out that he um, was also suspended from Europe, so he didn't feature um, with Goldson um, last night. So, long term, I don't know if it's going to be him or Hollander. I think it probably is going to be Hollander. So, I'll need to get the money somewhere to, to upgrade him to either Goldson or Barisic. So, it's probably going to come from Sakala. Uh, so, we'll, we'll see what the Rangers team news brings. I, I, I think you might be okay with the Balogun for the first week because I think if they're playing next week at home, Hollander will be left for that. I think mm-hmm. this is my thing. See, with Bassi, it's also completely wrong, but I think that could be the way it sets up. But Sakala's the one. I mean, let's talk about the other because it's a cheap option, obviously, for that week. You said Cummings, but he's away to Celtic. Does that not bother you at all? No? The leaky defence? Have you seen that defence? Yes, yeah. I can. <laughs> Tongue-in-cheek, can I comment, Tom? <laughs> That's the, uh, I'll be piling in on Dundee for the, for the weekend. I'll be going for Cummings, probably, I'd say. It doesn't bother me. So look at Matt's quick. Look at Matt's fixture list. Who's got a better one? Hearts have got away to St. Burns. So, Boyce, Livingston, nobody... Motherwell, Mason Johnson, you said Van Veen, maybe. Is it none of Homey Hearts? Maybe Pro Fairmain. So they're just taking out options, I suppose. Right, okay. We'll move on to the questions this time then, right? So it actually ties in what we've just been talking about. It's from FS Maz, FPL Maz. Are budget strikers the way forward? And I'll come to you first, Gunnar. Uh, well, I think the way forward is definitely still having Nisbet as your premium. Uh, we talked about boys last week uh, as him probably turn it into a set and forget some point down the line in this season. And he's got previous of scoring in the premiership as well. So I would count, I would say two, well, one premium at least. And then one, one or two budgets. Huh? Like, like for me, having Nisbet and boys is, is, is a good base uh, in, in my strikers there. I um, can't see myself moving from either at the moment, but then the, the third one should definitely be a budget pick. And you've listed them there, Van Veen, Cummings, and uh, Main. I've got them three on my uh, watch list uh, from that I made here after game week one. Um, that That's how I would do it. Same question you, Tom? Um, one game week is such a small sample size, so I've got a kind of Read off the terms Caveat of that, that yeah. as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but as it stands, if I, if I can get three, four point something strikers to match the, match the same points as three, five point something strikers week in, week out, then I can use that extra money. I could even look at having um, the old back line of uh, Tav, Goldson and Barisic. I mean, mm-hmm. it frees up a lot of money um, to improve other aspects of your squad. So, Based on one game week, then yes, but we've still got a little bit to go and there's still a few factors involved. I'd like to see how things pan out, first of all, before I start pulling all my money out. I'll probably stick with Nisbet 
and um, three lesser strikers for now. But even then, I'm not 100% sold on Nisbet either. These these guys have to justify their price tag by outscoring the cheap guys, um, not just matching what they, they can do. Yeah, I liked what I seen for Nisbet at the weekend. It looks like he's definitely trying, so there were plenty of chances. But like you said, he's going to outscore them. I mean, Nisbet could not be here in a couple of weeks' time, so... See, if Nisbet, yeah. if Nisbet goes, do you go for Roof as your premium asset up front? I mean, Roof, has Morelos come back into the team as he stayed? He tried to stretch Morelos, that's too far a stretch. Gunnar, thoughts? I think on the on the Rangers strikers, I spoke like last week or two weeks ago, I think like once we stop getting team news for like the early Rangers games, it's going to be very hard predicting who's going to be uh, playing a striker for Rangers. If Nisbet goes, then you can move anywhere to to the five point something uh, rated strikers, and I would probably go somewhere towards Ramirez. But that's that's me saying this after game week one. Uh, need, need a bit more information, but I I don't think I'll be getting a, a Rangers striker then in that case. See, I've about Ramirez, but I'm obviously got Aberdeen cheapos at the back, Fergie midfield. So there's a few yeah, same as me. Gone. So I, you need to move one of them, so I'm kind of... Hmm. Yeah. Who about you, Tom? I agree with Gunnar. Based purely on the one game week, Ramirez managed to get all three bonus. He only scored one goal, so I'm presuming it's stuff that he's doing off the ball rather than um, just the, the single goal. He didn't particularly have a lot of shots on target. Um, in fact, in that game, no players got any of the bonus points for three-plus shots on target. And which was the case in quite a few of the games as well, actually. Um, he wasn't in the, the running for points for tackles or interceptions either. Um, and obviously, it's only mids that get points for 40-plus um, passes. So he must be doing a lot off the ball. So perhaps he might be a bonus point magnet as well. So Ramirez would probably be my go-to, but that's purely based on one game week's worth of performance. Yeah, it's all one. And you get a think over the space for the piece. One of these Aberdeen players might not be nailed. You're ready to him. Mm-hmm. Ferguson might not. I, mean, I noticed he got booked again the first week, as he always does. Mm-hmm. He's not going to, I know he's playing further up, so he's more chance of scoring a nice assist, but he's got to obviously return and weekly. He's still quite a pricey midfielder, so if he's not returning, you can downgrade him and then bring in Ramirez, like you said. But again, still one week, so there's a lot of so it's a very small sample size, basically. Right, question two is from Hing Me82, Hing Me on Twitter. Are we likely some Rangers roulette this season? I like that Rangers roulette. If so, do we still want to load up on their players? So a couple of you first, Tom. Rangers roulette. Rangers roulette. I don't know. I think the kind of core spine of the team still there. I mean, Tav takes up a lot of budget. So as it stands just now, it's quite hard to get three kind of heavy hitter Rangers players in. It's, it, the game's changed quite a bit in terms of budget from last season and, and what's actually achievable. But as the season progresses, we might find these kind of low price tag gems that, that will kind of creep up on us and then it might start to free up budget as time goes on. But for, for now, as I said, I'd probably get rid of the Sakala. I'd, I'd be looking at having two of the defenders at least and then maybe taking a punt on one of the, the midfielders or one of the, the strikers, depending on the sort of who can, can kind of nail down a position. There's a, there's going to be a few strikers. We've obviously got Sakala, Itten, Roof, uh, Defoe's even hanging about there, so it's, it's difficult to say. So you're maybe probably looking at one of the midfielders, but even then you've got Scott Wright pushing for a position. Um, Aribo's had, had a decent season last season. Kent, um, there's a few guys there. So I think two two of the solid defenders that are going to start, um, and then maybe tranche around with one of the attackers. Yep, I agree with you. I think if he's talking about really late, have an ear. Nailed until the Patterson situation starts, not happened yet. Golson seems to be the most bulletproof of the lot. Mm-hmm. They hit the, the rotate around him, he stays uh, in midfield. I would say Aribo and Kent, but then Kent gets better this often. But yeah, I think it's best sticking to the back. If you're going to stick to two, I'd stick to Tavio and Golson. They're pretty much nailed on. What about you, Gunnar? What do you think, Rangers Roulette? I think the best way around the Rangers Roulette is, like you say, Tavernier and Golson, and then because we can't really predict like midfield and, and, and strikers, I would probably go for one of the cheapies in defense. So if your base is like Tavernier and Golson, 
see, that, that's probably what I should have done. I should have had those two, Tavernier and Goldson, and instead of getting someone like Sakala in, just turn one of my defenders, like like the begin pick, turn them into Bassi or Balogun. 2.8 million, you can go to anywhere else. Basically, you can get a good defender from any other team. You can get a Rooney, you can get a Hanlin, for example. So if, if you need to move, you, you can do it, as we haven't had any, any price changes yet. So I, that, that's probably what I would do. Like the two premiums in defense and a cheapy defender just for like pick safety. And then if your cheapy defender doesn't play, like if he, if he does come on, then it's probably because Rangers are coasting and they might have a chance of getting a goal themselves or getting an assist in, in like Bassi's case. Uh, or, or they might not even come on and then you have an extra player for your, for your bench trick. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just, I think a certain players are going to get more game time this year just because of the way Gerard's squad. I mean, the goalkeeper situation, I mentioned it last week, I don't think McGregor's still every week, especially with Europe's on. I think Bassi's going to get more game time because I believe the Rangers talks Bassi. It's a wee bit more injury prone this year, carrying an ox, so they might rest him certain games. Balogun, Helander, they're kind of rotating. Katik, I don't know what's going to happen with him if he's going to make himself back into the squad. We've got quite a lot of materials to pick from, so I suppose it's like, as Tom mentioned, right, He's a cheap midfielder, but then you can get cheap players to start. It's, case, it's, it's a case of watch and see over a couple of game weeks. They're going to be rotating at the start because they're in Europe. But see, once the team sells, Jad normally stuck to a quite standard stock to maybe nine at the end of the week. Only one or two would change. It's just going to try to keep watch, keep your eye on that and see if that happens again. The next question is from Blair McLaughlin, Mr. Omnibus on Twitter. Is the addition of so many bonus points a bit overkill slash overwhelming, or do you see it as a wholly positive addition? Always felt like the bonus points in the FPL were always about the weak point. I'll come to you first, Tom. Um, for for me, no, I, I think it, I think it's a great addition to the, the game. Last season, it got to maybe the midpoint, and the game just became so stagnant. Um, you know, just kind of, who's got a decent fixture this week? I'll take a punt on him. I'll bring him in. And most people had the same sort of nine, ten players um, with very little variation, which meant it was very hard to kind of progress up the your mini leagues and up the mega leagues. So I don't think it's overwhelming. If you kind of break it down from from this from uh, the weekend there, um, I don't think any players got shot on target points in the Rangers Livy game. None got any points on the Heart Celtic game. Um, I don't have anything. Do I have anything for the Dundee? Probably not. No, Cummins was the only one to get three three uh, or more shots on target. Uh, St. Johnston, Ross County, no players got shots on target. Um, Aberdeen, Dundee, no players got the shots on target. Uh, Motherwell, Hibs, surprisingly, no players got more than three shots on target. So it, when you kind of break it down and start digesting it, um, I've got some other stats, but they're not very a- accurate because... I kind of wrote them down from sofa score and I noticed that they were the same on who scored, but then the app kind of has people registered for tackles a lot less. And then I can't really, it's quite hard to go through and see who's got three or more interceptions, but I think it kind of types of players that are going to be getting tackles and interceptions are midfielders. And that notorious was notorious. The last season was kind of a, I mean, you had Ferguson, you had Boyle and then three other guys, basically. So it kind of, jazzes up that position. It kind of gets you thinking about who you can bring in. And it also kind of brings in some lower budget players as well. Um, so a, a, a good example for me was in the Hearts game. You've got um, Benny Beningme. I hope mm-hmm. I pronounced that right. Bang um, on, Tom. Bang on. <laughs> despite, conceding two, uh, despite conceding a goal, um, he managed to get five points. He got the two appearance points. He put in seven tackles, which gave him Two points, so obviously three, two lots of three there, and um, given the two points, and he got one point for interception. So despite not really being that involved, well, he wasn't involved at all with the goals or assists. He didn't keep a clean sheet. He still managed to walk away with five points. If he can do that consistently week in week out, then it's almost like having a player that's getting an assist every week, and it kind of brings these kind of more defensive players into the fold as well. So for me, I think it's a good addition, and. I'm, Quite looking forward to the season ahead. Yep, I agree with you. I like it as well. I like the fact that you know, there will be no template because it. There will be a point, I think, where people can start using the, the bonus point system and kind of working out 
who's going to be, who's more likely to get the three, two and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a, a fullback who gets an assist or a fullback who scores and keeps a clean sheet, I think you're guaranteed, not guaranteed, that's too strong, but I think you're pretty much going to be up with at least two of the three pointers. Mm-hmm. So, but nice, interesting watch. I think it's better because, like you said, it was points last year, I think after game week 20, but you were looking at the average score and see it was 40. And you were scoring eight points going right. I've doubled the average score. Look at the league. You went up three places. You go, what's, what's going on? <laughs> and it was like that all the way into the season. You were yeah. beaten. I, I can count in one hand. Maybe they didn't beat the average score. Moved up one or two places because everybody the same team. Maybe the same template. You could afford everybody. The cheapos were cheap. You got them in early doors. You got all the big assets. And you may have been lucky with one or two points to change us. And that was it. What about you, Gunnar? What's your thoughts on the points? You've covered it very well there. I... I... Looked in the statistics uh, section in the app and just went through like all the points for for the game week and just had a look around who basically got a good score without really doing much like on paper and like goals or assists wise and like the first name that stood stood out for me was then like Scott Brown getting five points there I'm like four million midfielder I know he plays for for Aberdeen we already have three and that's like four million defender if he can get you five points on the regular that's fantastic and then just a spot above him here in the in the um, stats section is your man from hearts that tom picked out 3.2 million again if he can do that on the regular five points every week for 3.2 million that's absolutely fantastic i think it's a great addition to the game it just makes the player pool from where we can pick mm-hmm. uh a lot bigger like you you two have said it already it got stale towards the end of the last season we all had the same players we like it was just points through clean sheets more or less you had Tavernier captain Barisic vice and that is already like 75 percent of your your points in, in that game week and this way now it opens up the pool uh, you get more variety in the teams and also like the scouting for for our teams for transfers I think it's it's a lot more interesting than just looking like just looking at goals assists and like clean sheets you have a lot more that comes into the fold that you get points for and it's just a lot more interesting in that regard as well the only one small thing i suppose is the way the price rises that it's to the next game week hmm. so you make a lot of people jump one by the teams might change at the same time you need to kind of dig deeper on your own stats and like underlying stats or he's averaging one interception, then he's averaging up to two interceptions. They build up to get the three. You know, the same as you do the sister goals and XG and stuff. Mm. It could be similar where this guy's come onto a game in that defense midfield, he's going to one point going to be just be immense and stroll through a game, things like that. Because I still think people will jump on early, early bandwagon as they see. Right, Tom Apparat, I'll move on to the next one. Yep. Right, Chris Norwood uh, at Chris Norwood13 on Twitter. Which positions do you think will attract the most bonus points, or is it too early to say? I'm asking before I commit to budget defence and invest in midfielders and forwards. So, Tom, you already kind of covered this, so I'll let you take it away again. We kind of already covered this. and as Again, I'll say one game week is a small sample size, but um, nine out of the top 20 scorers were defenders. In saying that, four out of the five of the top scoring defenders were three million or less, so you could very well. Take, start taking money out. Um, but so you got a list of defenders there? I don't, but I can oh, quickly right. get them up. Right. Let's ask you see the, the nine defenders. How many played fullback? Mm. Just as a, a wee. So five five out of the nine would probably be described as fullbacks. We have Tav, Ramsey, Devine, Bassey, and Ralston. Right, so not not the split I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be heavy fullback and then a little defence. So there again, still a nice mixture of positions. Is that you finished talking about the next one? Did yep. you answer the question? No. I can't remember what it was. So I'll repeat it then. Which position do you think will attract the most bonus points? Because he's already going to budget defence and invest materials and forwards. So you can I mentioned that. As it stands, game week one, small sample size. So far, it's leaning towards defence. Mm-hmm. So again, okay, so leaning towards defence. But if you actually look at bonus, it's six in defence, five in midfield, and five in amongst the forwards as well. So that's 
a nice spread. spread out. So if you're just purely looking at bonus, then it's quite evenly spread. But then you've got obviously the interceptions, the uh, tackles for midfielders, you get points for 40 plus passes made. So I think I, for me personally, going forward, I think it's probably going to be between sort of defence and midfield. I don't think goalkeepers will see that much. And forwards, unless they have a good game, I don't think they're going to see that much. Have you got your thoughts? I'm with Tom. I think defence and midfield is probably going to see the most point bonus. Even goalie, I could see. You know, someone if someone turns into like a Martinez kind of figure and strikers probably would have to score very well to get into the bonus. Yep, agree with both defence midfield. That's, that's going to happen. There will be a point where some Rangers will rock up somewhere. St. Johnson, St. Mern, any team and the keeper will have an absolute world-class game where he's pulling off 10, 12 saves and he'll get he might concede but he'll get crazy bonus points because he played a great game. It's going to happen at one point in a season, maybe a couple of times actually. Uh, I agree with you. That's, he's talking about the budget defence. I'd, I'd want Tavernier and one other Rangers player in there. The other three can be cheap if you want, but I, think, I still think I would have the two Rangers defenders in there. As it stands right now, Tavernier plus what other one you fancy. Right, next question is from Sutty. Sutty Show. <laughs> Good one. Is it too early to wildcard? How many flops in game week one would justify the wildcard, Gunnar? Well, I would say it is too early to wildcard. I think, like, I wildcarded too early last season as well, but we had the COVID uh, problem. I think that was, like, the first or second time that was... Uh, seven or eight players like out with COVID and I know was it the Aberdeen situation? It was about Celtic and Aberdeen. Right. But then from from like my own team I had like two or three players out. I'm like nah, that warrants a wild card. And then like three weeks later I have like seven or eight players out because like it's similar incidents or whatever. But for me you, you don't get the second wild card until the split. And if you if you use it now or like you know, week two, three, like sometimes the, the, the FPL strategy is, then I think that is way too early. Uh, going through like the bulk of the season without having the option of the wild card. And then the, the second part of Sadi's question is like how many flops just to justify a wild card. I mean, you get two free transfers if you save it for one week. And then... You can do like a mini wild card on, on a minus four and you can even fix four players on a minus eight. And like how like I don't think anyone like listening to this is going to have a completely like wrong kind of team, like no Tavernier or whatever. Even that you fix it in your two transfers and take a minus eight, save the wild card and just fix the team that way is what I'm saying. Hey, you pretty much nailed it. I was going to say just... <laughs> Fast early, one game week. If flopped one game, I still hold that's a FPL mindset of if you buy a player in, doesn't do well after two weeks, you get rid of him, then he'll haul in the third week. As long as they're playing, you've got to give you guys time. All right, you may have backed you may have backed the wrong team. You may have thought maybe somebody was gonna be great, like Celtic, for example, and they've not. So you may have free Celtic deep, you're like, oh my god, get rid of him. But again, Celtic's hoping done D next week, there's a good chance of going to win that game. So let's just torch your horses. Take some stock, give it two or three weeks. As you said, roll transfer, you've got two. If it's really that bad, take a third transfer, you get minus four, you get three players on your team, change it about. That's where I would look at it as well. Tom, agreed? You're yeah, nodding your head, I agree with that. that. Yep, I'd agree. It's fast to early. And as you said, it's 33 game weeks without another wild card because of the way this game works. So it's a long time to wait. You can have injuries, there could be COVID down the line at some point, game suspended, and then you're snookered. Not much, you can't get your way out of it. Right. Next question is from FPL Royally. So we can, uh, this is one of the topics, so I want to wait to go to this question. Arrested Lawrence, Celtic 2, kind of plum fixtures. So this one's for FF Scout and Gunnar, because you haven't got any Celtic players. Hmm. If you have time, as I believe, they have no Celtic, neither do I. Are they considering jumping on Celtic attack or what looks like a plum fixture? For me, no team news and not to be 100% confident of a living is putting me off the move. Well, I'll go first because I'm not in the same situation. I've got one Celtic player. I've got McGregor. So I'm happy with McGregor right now. He's a captain. He's nailed. He's quite... It looks lively in that team. If the Rangers team, to me, as I've mentioned before, Sakala, Abbasi, one of them starts, I'm potentially going from McGregor to Furihashi, or Furihashi even. 
because I feel this could be the game that Celtic might click up front at home, another week's training under the belt. Again, that's subject to change because Thursday night still to come against Jabulnik, I thought he pronounced that, the Croatia team, and no other idea. But I think you need a one Celtic player for this home game. So open to you because the question was to you. So start with you, Tom. Thoughts? For me, I need, I need to see something to get a Celtic player in, first of all. I need to. I need to, a select player to give me a reason to get them in. And, and after that weekend, I, I've not been given any reasons. Did you not see underlying stats that were magic? It was like Brighton for last year. No. <laughs> 80% of possession that doesn't get anybody any points, no matter how many bonus point categories we've got here. Nothing, nothing's going to happen with that. Um, the defence is a mess. Uh, the new boy Starfield got chucked in. He's only been at select for five minutes. He's still learning people's names and he's he's in the start and eleven. One training yeah. session. He's only had one training session, as you said. I'm, I was I was quite surprised he partnered Beaton. I thought he probably would have partnered Welsh. I probably would have preferred him. But Hearts, I mean, you could probably argue that they are a Premier League standard team. They did well in the championship. They've looked good. They managed to put two past uh, Selig there, so I'm not struck on their defence. Ralston was the goal scorer. <laughs> and Edward got the assist, so Edward's overpriced. I can't wedge him into my team. No I'm not interested in Ralston. Who 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 do you bring in without making it a gamble? And I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm quite happy to sit tight for now, see who becomes a standout player, if any, um, and then take it from there. We've got the heart has came in and McCarthy's came in from Crystal Palace as well. So Oh yeah. Ooh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so for for me, we're still in the building process here. And I want to see uh, some final product first of all before I start to commit. So that's a no for you. No shit. No. Right, same question to you. Very similar to Tom. The Celtic haven't given like the players haven't given me any reason to like throw my team around here, try and fit any of them in. Ralston, you could probably make a case for him on the back of his price, but I'm still not interested really in the Celtic defense. Strikers, which you said, if if I'll make a transfer in my strikers, it's gonna be a budget uh, striker. Um Selig don't have any budget budget strikers, and then midfield it's. it's like, do to the <laughs> <laughs> and then midfield, it's like Tom said, no one's really hasn't given you a reason to be bringing them in. Furuhashi maybe on like the hope that he's a new player, he's fitting into Angie's system. That's why he was bought. But like Christie didn't start the game there against Hearts. Uh, Turnbull, I thought. Could have could have showed a bit more than McGregor. I would probably want him then on the back of like him being the captain. But I'm gonna have to completely like change my team up to find like point A to be like upgrading Ferguson to McGregor. Then I don't really want to be doing that, and I would need even more money to 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 get someone like Turnbull or Christie or Furuhashi, and then. I'd rather keep Boyle, who I know who's on penals, who's already scored, who is playing in the in a t- hips team that is all gelled together, uh, than touch and sell in the minute. Disappointed, guys. Quite seem disappointed, but fair enough. Yeah. Furuhashi, you had to hear first. Game week two, Furuhashi. There we go. Hope I answered question. And that's a topic called as well. Right, next one up. Oh, just, to, just to add... Um... Celtic have got a game on Thursday night, so we need to kind of see how things happen there as well. In fact, that is our question. It's finished. I thought I'd more, but that is us. Right, so uh-huh. what is next, Peter? Where are we? So, if you've finished with the Scottish game, you can leave us now. We've got FPL chat coming. It's two weeks away. I mentioned earlier on the league code. I'll say it again. 6, lowercase g, 669, lowercase i. Join us now. So we do talk about the FPL as the game goes into it more. I think this year we've all agreed we're going to mostly concentrate on the Scottish game. The game's more interesting this year, so we'll probably have more to talk about. But we do, we'll play FPL. That's how we get into the Scottish game, so we'll be covering it week to week. Right, so he's both took me off pod. You haven't really looked at your drafts for a week, so this is kind of a lot, it's a lot of quick answers then because you haven't looked at it. 
<laughs> so first up was I've looked at a lot of squads, a lot of drafts online, and there's a distinct lack of City and Chelsea players. That's Man City and Chelsea players on the team. So I'm coming to you first, Gunnar. Do you have any inclination to bring Man City or Chelsea players into your squad for game week one? Especially Chelsea with Crystal Palace at home. That I think for both teams, it kind of depends on what they're doing on the transfer market. So if Kane goes to City, I think there's no way around him. He's going to be in everyone's team. And I've seen Chelsea are interested in Lukaku. I wouldn't mind a bit of Lukaku up front, but it depends then, you know, (laughs) on the price. Why is that going to be? And then I'm still not interested in like Timo Werner, but someone like Havertz, for example. Um, like you say, I haven't, I haven't really looked at it. I haven't even looked at the fixtures or nothing, but uh, I'm going to imagine he's like similarly priced to someone like Son. And then... Who's that? Havertz. Two million cheaper. Right, then my point doesn't make sense because I was going to say, like, see, I, was, I would be going for Son if I had the choice there, but that, that is interesting. Yeah, but I have to carry it, it with, like, I haven't, I haven't looked yet and... I've not changed my draft since like last week. So, but if Kane goes to City, he's going to be in my team. I can tell you that much. Yep. Same question. I see you uh, intently scrolling there, Tom. Same question to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look here. Chelsea preseason. See, I'm all over. It's a, not the preseason for me. It's it's they right, they sit their first game. Everybody's going. Everybody's kind of template or template like you know what we call it a Twitter template because nobody it's not the full template. It looks really samey. And I look at my team and I look at the fixtures and the one that's done to me so far is Chelsea going to Crystal Palace. A total overhaul of the team. Patrick Vera who's not really had much experience against Chelsea. The first time and the European champions full crowd I'm going this could be a pasting and I've got one Chelsea player on my team. I've seen I've seen a few people talking about Havertz but I don't I don't think he had that big an impact last season. Um, Zayec, I can see, got, has had three goals in pre-season, but I think two of those were against Peterborough, so I'm not going to get too excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be kind of hard to, to fit another premium midfielder into my midfield, considering I currently own Salah and... Um, Salah and Bruno Fernandes, so it's going to be quite difficult to to get a Chelsea mid in or a City mid. Probably if Harry Kane was to go to Man City, then he'd be probably playing as a a striker week in, week out, and the amount of service he's going to get, that's a no-brainer, really. Um, I'd look to get Harry Kane in if that was the case, but I can't really commit to too much other than that because I've not done my homework yet, but... um, I think, I think all week. these all these questions are a week too early. Right, next one up then. It's probably the same. Wildcard thoughts. When did you take a wildcard last year? Can you remember your first wildcard? When did you do it? And what's the strategy? That, and what's the strategy this year? We'll start with you, Tom. You said that then go. Uh, it was a big mistake doing it last year. So my wildcard approach will be to, to hold off for as long as I can, I think. The reason I say is because the early news is it seems to be game week seven and eight is a big fixture swing. Mm-hmm. You haven't looked at it much yet, but son, if you look for next week. What about yourself, Gary? When do you use a wild card and what would be the plans this year? Again, also not really looked at the fixtures, but last season I managed to hold it for as long as I could. I think I, I played the wild card and then I got the new wild card the, the week after, right, uh, okay. some, something like that. And it worked really well. It was the first year, I think, where I managed to hold the wild card past something like game week 10. Uh, and I'll be trying to do that again. Like, I think for like a fixtures swing you can plan with transfers and one of the things that i uh, really like had planned as well for like last season was like using the wild card kind of i was out of like it is it is like your like your emergency kind of thing if, if your team is totally wrong then you say play your wild card is fine but i think the wild card can be like so much better used as well from like a, if you play it from like a position of strengths, you already have a good team, but like you've held it so long that you can now like capitalize on like, say you have like two weeks, three weeks that is like, like a free hit, like a, like a double free hit because you play it two weeks before you get the new wild card, for example, and you prepare, prepare for something. Uh, and I think I'll, that's what I'll be trying to do again, like play, play the wild card out of 
position of strength and hold it as long as possible. On that, I think you might see a lot of this second season, second half of the season we'll card as the African Nations Cup starts and a lot of heavy hitters believing to go to that. So, yeah, Salah included, so it makes a lot of people maybe panicking, setting wild card. Because when that squad's announced, the squad's announced, you'll know who in your team's going to the African Nations Cup. You can transfer out it, fair enough. But I think people might be caught short or maybe keep it to get them all back in. I mean, if you know Salah's going, transfer Salah out for something, you know somebody else is going, blah, blah, blah. And then once they're back to the African Nations Cup, wild card them all back into your team. That would be... Hmm. We had yeah. Doc here so far. Right, next question. We, you mentioned Kane, the other person linked to uh, Man City is Jack Grealish. So if Jack Grealish goes to Man City, Tom, start with you again, does that make Grealish A, a better asset or a worse asset? Does it make the Man City assets better or worse because of that? Um, I think it makes him a worse asset because Pep Roulette is just so difficult to, to get a consistent starter um, in his team other than um, the, the goalkeeper. So... For, for me, no, because he's probably not going to play week in, week out. It'll probably take time to, to integrate and adapt as well. Um, it provides competition for, there's, there's already quite a lot of midfielders mm-hmm. at City, so it provides more competition for them. So they're less likely to start week in, week out. And for me as well, I think it kind of, it makes the Aston Villa assets a bit less attractive as well. Uh, Grealish was their talisman last season. They, they, they got by without him, but... He was kind of the, the major player, so for, for him to go, I'm not as first on Aston Villa either. I agree with 100% of Man City. And just on that Villa thing before I forget, if they, if they had kept Grealish and then Bundia in midfield, last year Grealish was getting double-teamed quite a few times, triple player, he was getting marked. If they'd kind of two players who were causing like assists and issues, they'd have to split that. But now if Grealish goes and Bundia's going to be the main man in behind the striker, then he'll have the exact same situation. So, like you said, it could make the assets a bit less exciting as well. Good, we talked about this off pod, I'm sure you agree, so. I agree 100%. Maybe on the, like, the teams doubling up on the new, like, talisman, be it Bundia now behind the striker, they, Villa just signed Leon Bailey. So that is, he's rapid as well from what I've seen in the Bundesliga. So that is maybe Villa trying then to, like, take the focus from one of these players from, like, behind the strikers and, Spread, spread it out, have the defenders like, keep them busy instead of just focusing there on, on Grealish. Uh, but I agree with Tom as well. So he, he was the talisman there at, at Villa and now he goes to a city where you already have like an abundance of midfield players. And like I think last season, after, after we had the little phase with like Gundogan, where we captained him as well, um, after that, I didn't have any more City players uh, until the end of the season, like City midfielders in my team. And now you add another body to that where we already didn't know who, who was going to start. Uh, so for me, it makes him a less interesting, Grealish, a less interesting asset when, like, if he goes to City. What about for KDB? Make him more interesting because he's pretty much nailed if he's fit. Grealish in that box, taking dives, falling, getting penalties. Does he become more interesting, more appealing because of Grealish in front of him? Gonna, I'd have to, I would have to. I would have to see how I fit him in. Eh? I think it would. You would then have to decide between someone like KDB, Bruno. If Kane goes as well to City, then it's probably KDB, Bruno, and or and or Kane. And Salah. And oh, for me, Salah is in my team. Like, no question about it. We, we don't even have to discuss that. So, like, Salah is a set and forget, forget. And then it's like between these three, really. And you, you can probably only have one, or you have a lot of yeah, not very I, good I players around one, them, you one, know? Yeah. Probably um, I think it's important to, like, for the start of the season to make sure that your team structure allows for Salah plus one other premium, say in midfield. If you go for someone like Bruno, then you can just go everywhere to like a KDB or like take the funds out of midfield, put it into Kane, whatever you do it. But if you have someone like say Mares, then you're two transfers away to like mm-hmm. upgrade into getting this, like getting the funds in there. That is the only thing. Who who then like like I say, I would have to look in more detail before the season kicks off. So what it does to like KDB if Graylish comes and 
I would have to look into that. For me at the minute, just now I have Bruno in there. And even just as a placeholder, and when we get closer to like season kickoff, I will then like look at the stats, but I'll know I want this premium in there to just have the ability to go anywhere I want. Top. Um <laughs> <They're> like, uh... <laughs> I, I, I probably I think Gunnar's covered it for me. I'd, I'd probably echo what he says completely. Yep. I mean, I talked off pod Bruno about Bruno Gunnar about maybe doing a Bruno list team, but I think you keep running the first week and like you say, you can go anywhere you want after that. If you don't fancy Bruno, if he plays deeper, you can move. I mean, who's next? Man City's hoping Norwich week two. If Bruno's playing deep. Bruno to KDB. Easy peasy. Uh, I suppose then the only thing there would be if they sign Kane, you can't go Bruno to Kane because it's two different positions, so we need to think about that one. But again, this is all going to be a case of wait and see. One's got a lot of time in it yet to progress where it goes. Right, last question we wrap up in, guys. Again, this a question that's probably should be asked next week, but it's done now. 4.5 defenders. Who have you got in your team? And if you've got any, Tom. Um, who have I got? I've got Ben White, who's now signed for Arsenal, so I think that immediately makes him less attractive, does it not? You think so? I think that's <laughs> I don't know how well they've been doing pre-season, but they're a bit hit or miss towards the end of last season, whether or not. I don't think Arsenal finished quite well. They're not the fixtures finished that bad for Arsenal. They've not kept any clean sheets in pre-season. They lost 2-1 to Hibs. They drew 2-2 with Rangers. They managed to beat Millwall. That's all before they say Ben White. Watford four one and lost to Chelsea two one. So I'm not too excited about that. He's left my beloved Brighton <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sold his soul to Arsenal. So is he only I don't one? Know. Any I've only got one. Yeah. Right. What about you, gonna? Right. I've just changed one out. So I've got I've got Ben White as well. I've got Luke Ealing. And then my third one is probably going to be, it's gone now. Where was it? Uh, is it Donk? No, Donk is 5 million. Eh? Donk's 5, yep. Uh, a Brighton 4.4. 4. Is it Dan Byrne, I think? Yeah. Deltman or Burns, let's do it. Yeah. Deltman or Burns. Yeah. Right, I have got Ben White. I've also got Williams for Man United at 4 million. I think he's going to go to Norwich on loan. To fit my team, but that could also change. I uh, had Rico Henry in for Brentford, liked him, ailing for Leeds. So, again, there's a lot of things I'm still to do. It's two weeks still for it, or nine days, is it? Nine days for kickoff now, is that right? Nine days to go, yep, it says on the, on the app. So, nine days to go. So, still a lot to go before then. Right, that's us finished for again, guys. So, Tom, plugs. I am at FFS underscore scout. Um, I'll probably try and knock something together through the week, maybe in preparation for the weekend. Um, hit me up on Twitter. I can still do rate my teams. I've been getting a few DMs as well. So whatever you like, give me a shout. Slide into Tom's DMs and rate your teams. Gunnar, yeah, get I'm, I'm at Gunnar underscore FPL. Uh, I'm doing the captain and vice-captain poll um, before the deadline. Uh, I've just uh, I've had my, my second shit post meme uh, up uh, on the weekend so I'm doing bad memes now as well FFS related another shrink your bro <laughs> uh, I'm the graphics department of the pod as well so you know, if, if you don't like them complain to me and uh, yeah anything FFS and FPL related just get in touch excellent I was at Fantasy Half so if you like your podcast uh, please give us a review of your podcast I hope so greatly and it's still in the more also in the John Guthrie Cup. Good luck in the setting leg. Once it's over, I will get the scores up. And next week, we'll do a live draw for the next round. So that's us, guys. So, Tom, you can say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye from Guna. And goodbye. That's goodbye for me. See you catch you next week. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 